Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today we are going to be focusing on real estate values. We're going to be talking about pricing. We're going to be talking about some of the predictions out there about what home values are going to do um, in 2024 into 2025. But our primary focus, Julie Harris, is on... We're talking about pricing both from the buyer agent standpoint as well as from the listing agent standpoint because it seems to be a little bit all over the board right now. We're seeing price reductions. We're seeing some houses with multiple offers. We're seeing some homes sell in 22 seconds and some homes that are expiring. So make sense of all that. Yeah. And you can imagine the hard time we came, uh, we have uh, had coming up with the title of today's, I can't even say <laughs> right. it. Just say I mean, all things pricing. Right. It's all things yeah. pricing. But yeah, so forgive the salacious title, but we are going to be <laughs> talking about home value predictions. And, you know, a lot of people now are hoping that there's going to be a real estate crash. You know, a lot of people that are hoping that there's going to be a precipitous drop in home values, they're going to be sorely disappointed. But we're going to get into some facts and some statistics, which you should expect for the next 12 months into the following year. Yes. And what caused this uh, podcast to happen when it's happening is a lot of headlines saying, oh, there's tons more price reductions. We're seeing price reductions in virtually every state. And so naturally, that will cause people to freak out and cry housing crash. So That's we're right. going to talk about all that. I mean, people have long memories. Well, people have short memories. But, uh, you know, the uh, the fact is, is there was a huge uh, real estate value loss, a huge crash that happened like 15 years ago. But everything is different now. And uh, we're going to be getting into the weeds to, frankly, make it so that you feel more confident about what's going on with home values and you can educate your real estate clients. That's right. So we'll take a look at the factors causing price reductions, what to do from a listing agent's perspective, as well as when you're representing the buyer. We'll dive into some price reduction scripts, perhaps, and give you the confidence you need to navigate in a changing market. Now, remember the notes for today's show, and there are a lot of notes. Julie, work your butt off on on this podcast outline are down below in the show description. If you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, it doesn't matter. They're all there. Now, sometimes, because especially like today where there's a lot of notes, all the notes might not be actually there. They may have edited or clipped some of them, and that's fine. Just go over to timandjulieharris.com, timandjulieharris.com, and you will find the long form of all of our notes in the event that, uh, you know, like I said, one of the platforms edits some of them. But in the meantime, do use this information to educate yourself primarily, and then use this information for your buying and selling clients. And yeah, if you have a real estate team or a broker, just to be great information to share with all the agents as well. Now, when you're down there reading the notes, remember you can join Premier Coaching right now for free. It's instant access to Premier Coaching for free for 30 full days. That means you can attend a daily semi-private coaching call every single day for the next 30 days and learn what Premier Coaching is all about. And also, frankly, there's so much information, so much content, scripts, presentations, business plans, business plans, all kinds of great stuff that is free for you in the first level of Premier Coaching. So scroll down below, click the link to join Premier Coaching, or just go to premiercoaching.com. So let's take a look at what's happening prices right now. And no, the market is not crashing. It is just normalizing. So facts are 
Nationwide, one in every 15 listings had a price reduction in the last 30 days. Now, that's about 6.5% of active listings in the country. However, some markets have seen 50% of active listings get a price reduction in the past 30 days. And again, that causes a lot of radical-sounding headlines. For example, the five metro areas with the highest percentage of listings with price cuts were uh, Wenatchee or East Wenatchee, Washington State. That's where our Kenmore team is. Uh, Idaho Falls, Idaho, 52%. Now, be aware, I'm not saying that prices are coming down by 52% in Idaho. I'm saying that the highest percentage of listings, 52% of listings, had a price reduction. So be careful when you read headlines because some of them are meant to confuse you. In Nevada, they're down 52, 52% um, of listings were reduced. In Austin, 52% were reduced. In Waco, about 51%. This is all happening at the same time that prices are still up by 4 to 7%. I just read a, an Altos research update on that. And we're expected to end up averaging at least 5% appreciation by year's end. This figure shows you that we are normalizing, not crashing. We are still suffering from a lack of supply. All right, let's level off there, Julie, because this is kind of confusing, right? So okay. basically, in most of the country, half of the homes for sale about had some kind of price reduction. Yes. Now, was that price reduction some huge amount of money? Nope. No. <laughs> it, it, really, it was really... A drop in the bucket. Yeah, exactly. So it may have gone from 400 to, you know, 390 or 400 to 395. <laughs> I think the average was like $5,900 less. There you go. I was yeah. just guessing, but there you go. Yeah, so the average right. price reduction nationwide was six grand. And then in most cases, the household. This is not how a crashing market acts, I assure you. And this was not how it crashed in the actual housing crash. We weren't talking about $6,000 less. We were talking about a lot more and way across the board. So this time is not like that time. In a balanced market or a more normal market, 30% of listings have at least one price reduction prior to selling. In other words, no other unusual things, not high interest rates or a lot of inflation, just even Stephen balance, there's one buyer for every listing. It still takes 30% of them to have a price reduction to actually sell. Now remember this, at $52 trillion, the total value of homes in the U.S. is up 49% since before the pandemic. So just let's just call it 50%. Okay? Just stop there for a second. Uh, yeah. So, okay. That's staggering, isn't it? The total value of homes in the U.S. is up by 50% in roughly the last two and a half years, basically. I'd say about three and a half by now. But and yeah. the, le the least amount of additional appreciation, it's really inflation, in home yeah. values that's being predicted for 2024 is around 5 or 6% adjust accordingly. So you're talking about <laughs> a solid 50% home value increase in like the last two or three years. That, and if, Julie, you'll remember all this better than I. Yeah. It, just putting this in perspective, guys, of all the homes in the United States, something like half of them, it might be like 40%, might be 52%. Those of mm -hmm. you who have all this math memorized, forgive me, right? Are owned outright, no mortgage. The, right. uh, the other half that have mortgages on them have mortgages that are like less than 4% and they have on average of something like 50% equity. The point being, anybody, like there's no default, <laughs> there's no scenario where you're going to see defaults where people either have no home, you can't default on a home with no mortgage, rather. I didn't mean have no home, but have no mortgage on their right. home. Um, there's no default on that side of the uh, equation. And then on the other side, 
you have uh, zero chance to default when someone's got essentially that much in equity. They could just sell it, especially in a market where exactly. stuff is still selling fast. Not the same as before. You got to explain this to your buyers and explain this to your sellers. And if you've got buyers in particular that are just dug in, that they're going to wait for prices to crash or prices to drop, I have news for you. That's not a real buyer. Spend a little to bit of time with them. Try to educate them. Try to get them to see reality. But you're going to have people that are going to say, I'm going to buy. I'm going to wait for prices to drop. They're going to be waiting forever. They'll never buy a home. And that's okay. Not everybody has to buy a home. That's, that's right. why we have apartments and places to rent. That's yep. all right. All right. So what should you do when you are the listing agent, knowing that pricing is a little bit all over the place? You can price it to sit or you can price it to sell. The average mortgage payment on a $400,000 home, and I just updated that to the, it's between four and 425 countrywide. So that's fairly stable. But the average payment on a house like that is now 3000 a month with taxes and insurance. That is nearly double what it was a year and a half ago. Any buyer still looking is serious, motivated, qualified, and scarce. That's the difference. These buyers are more scarce. Let me add a bonus point here. So um, inflation is going to continue to uh, rise. Maybe it stables around 5 or 6%. I said this the other day. And we're going to see the new normal being probably that's going to be like the Fed target rate is 2%. Get you're going to it. you're going to see that they're going to start basically accepting the fact that the new normal inflation rate is going to be 4, 5, 6%. Somewhere in there because you can't really fix it at this point. You can raise rates, but guess what? People were still buying real estate when the rates went up. Not as many homes sold, but last year, how many homes sold, Julie? Like 4.2, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. So people were still transacting. Because real estate is price sensitive, but it's really payment sensitive. But all those things aside, people need to buy a house. People need a place to live. They're going to sacrifice in other areas to buy real estate. They always have and they always will. Um, So really moving forward, what you're looking at is a market where the prices are going to continue to rise, where the rent payments are going to continue to rise in the you know, fence-setting buyers you have out there or the buy, maybe it's a seller who's waiting for prices to fall before they put their house for sale. That way they can buy, you know, they're all going to miss out. And there's going to be a whole generation of people that are listening to bad information and making bad decisions based on the bad information. Then they're going to most likely regret it in five or 10 years when they realize that the essentially the real estate train left the station and they're never going to be able to get on that train again. That's absolutely right. You know, some of the people that are on the sidelines are the same ones that said, oh, there's a pandemic. That's a black swan event. Now the house, you know, the housing market is going to crash. And we did the exact opposite. Yeah. So they're out there too. Some of those people just really, I think some of them just don't want to buy and they're maybe using that as an excuse. I don't know. So pricing your listings accurately, listing agents, pricing it accurately in the first place will save you from having to have price reduction conversations later. Though we give you price reduction scripts, of course, in coaching uh, and in elite coaching, excuse me, but the best price reduction script is the one that you don't have to use. So first, it is important to stop doing any or all of the following listing agents. Stop taking the last best comp, adding 5 or 10% to it, and expecting to sell that listing quickly and for even more than the asking price. There are random examples of this. You guys will always be able to uncover one or two examples, but they are becoming few and far between. So stop rolling the dice and hoping for a bidding war. You could get away with that during the pandemic because of scarcity and FOMO, but those instances are now drying up. Stop just pricing it based on what the seller wants to get unless that number can be backed up by recent comparable sales. This is called seller's pricing and is often aspirational pricing, but it's otherwise known as an unrealistic price. Now, again, if the seller wants X and you can back that up with comps, then that's fine. 
But if they went X plus, I was just talking to a coaching client earlier, and it was like X plus 40%, that's really, really overpriced when you don't have comps. And probably the seller who wanted X plus 40% wasn't a real seller. There exactly. Was, there was nothing really that, you know. They, they were, were testing it out. Exactly. So you're going to have to learn how to pre-qualify, really buyers, obviously, and sellers as well, to really get at the root of what their motivation is. Because, you know, maybe someone's testing it out now, but they really have to sell the house in a year when the new construction house is done. You're going to have to really know the answers to all the questions on the prequal script uh, because you're going to want to get at why the seller might think the price is there. You know, learn how to be a professional, um, ask the tough questions, and then you're going to get a better result quicker. Yeah. So I'm glad that you pointed that out about the sellers maybe having a different situation. The... Uh, the impetus for the agent is always like, oh gosh, they're way overpriced. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to walk away with it, walk away from it. So the mini script is whatever their price is, even if it's double what you thought, that's interesting. How did you arrive at that price? That's right. Because you want to find out. Maybe it, you know, it's not their job to know how to price. It's we, your job. We, we do need to throw this in there. If you've got a seller that just dug in and they're maybe just, you know, whatever about their pricing, they think the house is worth way more than it actually is, you know, it doesn't, maybe other agents have filled their minds full of hopium and this, these sellers, but you can get this listing and the seller has to sell. If the seller absolutely positively, positively has have to sell, maybe they're buying a new home, they can't own two homes at once, they're getting relocated, all kinds of reasons. They need the money. This is not somebody who can just say, ah, I'll just keep it. You have to take that house, even if it's overpriced, but do it honestly. Tell the seller, Mr. Seller, you know, there's scripts we're going to give you, but the gist of it is, is don't just pass on the listing for a truly motivated seller. That should, that's terrible. Don't do it. If you got a seller that has to sell, even if you have to take the house overpriced, you know, aspirational pricing, take it with the expectation that after a certain amount of time, we teach you guys how to do this in premier coaching, the price will, the house will be repositioned in the market so that it correctly reflects the market's expectation. But you're going to, look, if it's between you being right and not taking the listing about price and you compromising, taking the listing and then getting the price right uh, a week or two or maybe a month into the future, take the damn listing if the seller has to sell. That's an important part. Don't miss that, guys. If the seller has to sell, if the seller does not have to sell, then it's a different scenario, isn't it? Now, the last thing to stop doing is stop using any comps that are older than 90 days old. You need to use as fresh comps as possible. In the, in the past, you guys didn't have to be as careful. So next, why must you get better at pricing immediately? Well, we've touched on some of these things, but number one, demand is lower than it's been in several years. Buyers are feeling the pinch of higher rates, which equal higher monthly payments, as well as a larger down payment coming out of their pocket. The net result of this is that they're more picky and may opt to just keep looking or keep waiting versus writing an offer on your listing or listings. So the first reason to get better at this is demand, or I would say to get more careful about pricing. Second thing, and this is a big pressure for some of you, new construction is popping up everywhere and builders offer incentives that most resale sellers can't or won't offer. The payment on a resale home for 400,000 will be more than on a new home for 450. Uh, yes, on the resale will be more due to builder incentives. You can overcome this with a better price and or offering to buy down the buyer's interest rate like the builders do. 
And by the way, we've done countless podcasts on that very topic, and Julie and I could talk for like 47 years on that. But really, at the end of the day, if you are competing against new construction, you're going to have to position your resale listings to offer the same incentives as the new builders, or chances are the houses are not going to sell, or they're certainly not going to sell for the price they otherwise could have. And in most cases, you can offer the same incentives, and it really doesn't cost the seller anything. So just know how to do it, and we talk about this in the podcast. Uh, but really, the how-to stuff, the real coaching is in Premier Coaching. It can be less costly to offer or to match the builder incentives than to do a radical price reduction. Well, I mean, so Julie is now wanting to talk about uh, well, it. Well, so, I'm just saying well, but it's there's true. some skill to that. But if you go out and you talk to a seller and the seller, and you know that basically a seller is competing against six new construction homes, uh, builders rather, and you know that the build new build home is even like a $500,000 house, a hell of a lot more amenities and everything's new, but the monthly payment will be less on your on the resale house, which needs some work, maybe it needs a roof in five years, types those types of things, and the sell. Let's just say the seller is wise enough to know that they've got some stout competition from new construction. You can get the seller to set aside some money, buy the interest rate down, lower the payment, and you you know all the the things we teach you in Premier Coaching. But here's really what I want you to take away from what I'm saying. That will give you a very unfair advantage when you're competing for that listing, because you're going to have a set of uh, uh, frankly knowledge and tools that the other agency you're competing against, they probably just went in there and hammered the seller about mm -hmm. price, right? You're going to go in there, you're going to give the seller some alternatives, you're going to say, listen, you can price the house at, you know, frankly, let's say 409, um, or we can price it at, say, 395. But, you know, the fact is, is that you actually might be more competitive at the higher price at 409 if we're able to essentially work with my local lender and we'll get the payment down so it's actually less than a comparable house or maybe even the new construction. You're going to have to think like that if you want to really compete in a market like this. And when you're presenting all this to the seller, it's not just here's my Instagram page and here are my followers I have on TikTok. You're giving them an actual strategy to win in this market. That's going to win you the listing. Very well put. And that strategy, we're talking about taking the listing in the first place, but some of you are probably sitting on listings that are getting ready to expire because you haven't taken this kind of action. You can do it now before it's too late. So as of last month, newly built homes represented an elevated share of about 31% of all available active listings, according to the Association of Home Builders. Additionally, nearly 16% of total home sales that closed last quarter were new homes. I don't have stats on what's pending, but that number is going to go up naturally because of how much is for sale that's new construction. All right, so the third reason resale inventory has just increased by roughly 10% this quarter. It's up 16% this week. And this is spring 2024, just so yes. to put it in perspective if you're listening to this pod in the future. That's right. I just re-researched that. This means that buyers have more choices, thus they have more control of the transaction. This is very different than previous years. Listings are still selling for about 99% of list price on average. Remember, that's possibly adjusted list price. But remember that, that again, that's, that's based on the final list price. So that could have been after one or two reductions. Now, let's switch uh, gears for a minute and ask a different question. What if you, the listing agent, gets an offer less than the list price? Oh, no. Let's say you're not accustomed to that. The buyer's agent submits an offer and the offer itself is way low because let's say the buyer agent was low skill and seduced some buyer to work with them and you know because the buyer's agent said we're going to beat up on all the sellers and we're going to get great prices and blah 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 they blew a lot of hopium in the you know <laughs> up the, the buyer's skirt and then now the buyer's believing that they can get some kind of great deal because you're some sort of masterful negotiator and so you get a lowball offer let's say or something that's reason that's unreasonably low based on actual market data 
Right, and we did a podcast about that too. Is, is it actually a low offer or is it an appropriate offer? You have to know your comps. But let's say you're the listing agent and you get a lower than list offer. Well, don't assume that your sellers won't negotiate and don't counsel them to say no to reasonable requests, to Tim's point. It's much more likely in today's market that a buyer will expect uh, home inspection items to be remedied and ask for the seller to contribute to closing costs. Don't lose deals because you're using a hot seller's market mindset or your seller might be, if you have no other offers, you better keep this buyer happy or they're likely to walk away and buy something else. Worth mentioning, when you're taking a listing, again, we teach you guys this in Premier Coaching, you're going to have to prepare the seller for all scenarios, including receiving what they might feel as a, you know, sometimes they'll call it an insulting offer. Hmm. You're going to have to explain to them that, the you know, maybe the buyers are, you know, they're doom scrolling, right? They're reading all the headlines about the real estate crash and they're believing that they can get a really great deal. Tell, and you know, who knows where their information is coming from. So prepare your sellers when you take listings, letting them know, listen, there's a chance, you know, not a great chance that we're going to get some lowball offers. If that happens, don't worry about it. We'll work through it. Exactly. And how will we work through it? Point number two, always create a seller's net sheet and discuss it with your homeowner. Chances are they're still walking away with a big bungle, bundle of proceeds, even if they have to accept a less than list price offer. This is a huge advantage. I don't think they have any appreciation for. <laughs> so that's really the ultimate way yeah. of explaining, you know, like, so sellers will focus, this is even a way to overcome commission objections too, mm -hmm. but sellers are always going to focus on the price, the commission, they're going to focus on all the rest of this. When you're doing a net sheet, and Julie and I coach you guys in Premier Coaching, and our coaches coach you, to do three different net sheets, right? So there's the worst case scenario, or the low offer, and here's the net. Here's the medium offer, and here's the net. And here's like, you know, if all the stars align, here's the net, right? So you're going to show all three of these net sheets to the seller, and then you're going to say, so Mr. Seller, that's kind of the spectrum of where the price might, act, or what your net actually might be. Get the seller not to focus on their price. Get them to focus on the net because that's truly all that they care about, the size of the check you hand them closing, right? Or the wire that they get from the escrow title attorney. So with that in mind, Mr. Seller, and you see these three different scenarios, based on, the, you know, based on what you're wanting to do and the amount of money you need for your next house, remember, listeners, you pre-qualified this seller so you know, what all their, you, know, you know their motivation, you know what they're wanting to do with the proceeds from the house. It seems to me that even if we have worst-case scenario – we're going to be fine as far as what your uh, next, your, what your plans are to do with the equity in the home. You guys get it. So what we're doing is we're disengaging their, you know, again, they're going to have some emotional attachment to price, a lot of ego attachment to price. That's just a thing. So get them to focus on the net, and you're going to find that they're going to be a much more like when the mind focuses forward. It disengages with kind of like the egotistical way of thinking, and they're going to be much more objective about, yeah, that is enough. Even if we have to get this low offer, that is going to basically make it so we can move to Florida or whatever their goal is. Well, it's super logical, and it gets them off of being very emotional because when they focus on what they're getting, that's the proceeds, versus what they perceive they're losing, which is money off the list price, they'll likely decide to accept or at least counter the offer, and especially when in the past two and a half years, they've gained 50% of their house's value, right? So there will be plenty of proceeds. That's a great advantage of today's market. So buyer's agents, you are asking, when is it okay to ask for seller's concessions, including price, contrib contribution to buyer's closing costs, repairs, et cetera? When is that appropriate in this different market than you're probably used to? Well, number one, gather your facts and have a negotiation strategy. If the house is priced right based on recent comps, has a ton of showings happening, and has only been on the market for a day, well, your strategy is going to be different than when you find a home that's been on the market for 60 days or more with slower showings and no competing offers. If the buyer still wants the home warranty and all the extra stuff, 
um, and the house is priced right and all the other things like Julie just said are, you know, on the table, have the buyer pay for their own home warranty. Don't go in there and lose a deal over like a $500 home warranty. That doesn't make any sense. So yeah, if it's a hot house and a great market and a great price, and this is the house the buyers want, don't over-negotiate the contract. Don't over-negotiate the deal. Your number one job is to get the house for your buyer. And by the way, listing agents, your number one job is obviously get the highest price for the seller, but it's to get the home sold. Yes. <laughs> Stay on mission, right? So point number two, it may be better to look in a lower price range or at a different type of home, like a condo or a townhome, than to ask sellers to contribute to a rate buy-down or other concessions. Now, this depends greatly on how many choices your buyer has in their price range. If there's lots of competition and longer days in the market, well, your buyer has more room to negotiate. Not every scenario is going to be the same. The deal you write tonight is not going to be exactly like the deal you write next week. So what's the bottom line? Sharpen your pricing skills immediately. Assume buyers will continue to gain more control of the negotiation process and realize that listings are your golden ticket to success in the market. So don't make those mistakes. As always, we end with the thought, the listing agent always wins, right? Yeah, a, lot for of, sure. a lot of these issues come to come down to, are you going to lose it for the buyer? Well, I mean, also, there's going to be probably two or three uh, lowering of interest rates this year. And Julie and I are believers that you're going to start seeing uh, the GSEs, Fannie, Freddie. They're going to start buying mortgage-backed securities to even make uh, rates lower. There's going to be a whole bunch of, let's call it, government intervention uh, because this is an election year, real estate's going to be a topic. You're going to see both sides of the aisle are going to start basically talking about, you know, how we can make the uh, home ownership possible for everyone. All these types of things are going to benefit you guys. So have your eyes and your ears open. Don't be too, uh, this is the main takeaway. Hopefully you guys are all getting this. Know what your consumer, your buyer, your seller is thinking by pre-qualifying them. That's the main thing. Mm -hmm. Know what they're thinking about price, their their motivation, whether they have to or want to. Know what they're all – make sure, yeah, you see there's a mortgage on the house because public information tells you. But you better make sure there's no other mortgages on the house because when you're trying to negotiate with a seller on accepting an offer that might be on mar in market but they're not willing to take it, it might just be because – there's more debt on that property than you know about and you didn't ask the question when you're pre-qualifying them originally. These are all the types of things you have to learn in Premier Coaching. But the best thing is, this is a turnkey system. Like the questions you have to ask. Imagine having all the questions. Like the, over time, you're going to learn to, on from experience, from you know trial and error. You will learn to ask all the questions from making mistakes, um, you know, ending up losing money that are on the buyer or the seller pre-qualification questionnaire. But why would you... You know, why would you do that? Just use our scripts the way we've written them. And then, you know, you're going to be asking questions. You're going to be getting answers to, and it's going to pivot your strategy as you move forward with that buyer or their seller. Be enthusiastic and excited. And I'll, I'll tell you guys why. And this is kind of a closing thought, unless sure. Julie wants to tag onto it. Is the reality of it is, is that many agents that are coming out of the last market, though it's changed a lot in the last 24 months, have never had to learn the skills that we've been sharing with you guys right now and we share with you every day in the podcast and certainly in Premier Coaching. Having the skills now is the ultimate advantage in the marketplace. Yes, you have to get lead generate. Yes, all the rest of it. But if you, you can be the best lead generator ever. You can have the best brand ever. But if you don't actually know how to solve the buyer's or the seller's problem, you're not going to make any money. They're not going to choose you to do business with, right? You guys get it? Skills ultimately are the ultimate advantage in any marketplace, but especially now. So keep that in mind. Well, as you were talking, I was thinking delaying on this is really costly. And given what the prices are doing, continuing to go up, 
that means the potential commission goes up right along with it. So even screwing up one or two deals this year, that's like 10, 20, 40, $50,000 worth of mistakes. That's pretty costly, especially when you compare it to the cost of coaching seems pretty inexpensive when you look at it that way, right? Exactly. Especially since the first 30 days is free. Exactly. Julie's teeing me up there for a commercial. So make sure you guys go to premiercoaching.com or scroll down below and click the link. So listen, we love the fact that, you know, literally tens of thousands of you listen to this podcast on a regular basis. We all have probably three, maybe four million downloads this year, downloads and streams. And that doesn't even include, what we're, you know, YouTube views and whatnot. So thank you for keeping this number one list to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Um, if you think of it, which all of you should, please go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. And if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Uh, the uh, video that you're watching. We put a lot of effort into this podcast every single day. And I know you guys appreciate it based on all your great feedback. And certainly from all of you that are joining Premier Coaching, thank you for allowing Julie and I to be on mission with being of service to all of you. Please use the information that uh, we're infusing you with to go be of service to your buyer and seller clients. Have a fantastic day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.